0: There, it's Michelle with Telescope, a new offering from Orbital Path and PRX. We're going back to eighth grade, Mr. Anderson's Earth Science class, to be specific, at MS 442 in Brooklyn, New York. I'm doing my best to answer what public school students think are the really big questions in astronomy. That's Telescope. Have a seat. Okay, computers are closed. So, with Mr. Anderson's permission, let's see who's got our next astronomy question. Why do planets run out of water? It makes me curious on whether or not other planets have had existing life forms and what would happen if Earth no longer had water. What would happen to all like life on Earth? Would something else happen before we dehydrated or would we just all dehydrate? That's Zoe Bergenhier. So, Zoe, you've asked a really important question because it turns out that, well, I mean, everything has a life cycle, including planets. Planets' environments change over billions of years. And, in fact, there are two planets in our solar system that have lost pretty much all their water, and that's Venus and Mars. We actually think that billions of years ago, both Venus and Mars had oceans, a really thick atmosphere. There would have been rain and snow. They would have been a lot more like Earth is today. But the thing is, is that we don't live alone. We actually live with a star. <laughs> the, the sun is our star, 93 million miles away from us. And there's actually kind of a weather that comes out of the sun. We call it space weather or solar weather. There's a wind of particles that comes from the sun. And sometimes we have things like solar flares where big globs of superheated plasma come flying at the earth. And so you get this stream of charged particles coming out from the sun. Now, that's actually kind of dangerous to a planet's atmosphere these charged particles can hit the gases in an atmosphere and actually break them down. So for example, take the molecule water. Water is H2O, two hydrogen atoms connected to an oxygen atom. If one of these molecules of water is hit by a high-energy charged particle, it can break it up into hydrogen and oxygen. Now hydrogen is the lightest element there is, and in fact it's so light that it will now get blown out of the atmosphere by this solar wind. The charged particles will just carry it right away into space. The oxygen is a little more massive, so that tends to hang around a little bit more. So what happened over billions of years to both Venus and Mars is that this stream of charged particles broke up the water molecules, and the water, the hydrogen at least, was actually just thrown off into space and it was lost forever. And that means that Venus now has an atmosphere that's really, really thick and hot. Carbon dioxide is the main component of it. And the surface temperature of Venus is like 800 degrees. It's really, really this awful place. And part of that is due to the loss of water from the atmosphere. In Mars' case, something kind of different happened. As the water got lost, the atmosphere just got basically thinner and thinner. And now Mars only has an atmosphere, about 1% the atmospheric pressure of the Earth's. Both those planets kind of died in that way. They lost their water. And so any sort of life on the surface became really difficult, if not impossible. Now, the thing that's kind of nice about the Earth is that we have a very strong magnetic field. And the thing that a magnetic field does is it can actually direct charged particles around it. So as these charged particles from the sun come and hit the Earth, we're actually shielded from them. They actually just go right around us, and they really don't hurt our atmosphere much at all. But over time, little by little, something else is happening with the sun. The sun is heating up, and this happens naturally over the course of a lifetime of a star. This is a very, very gradual change. When you think about billions of years ago, when just the start of life was happening, the sun was actually much dimmer, darker, and cooler than it is now. It's naturally getting hotter and brighter. All stars do this, we think. That means that in only a few hundred million years, the sun is going to heat up the Earth. And it's just going to keep raising the temperature and raising the temperature until pretty much the whole surface of the Earth becomes a hot desert. That will be the end of life as we know it on Earth. There may still be life underneath the soil, but the surface of the Earth is pretty much going to die at that point. And it's amazing to me to think that that will happen in only a few hundred million years. That's not very long. The Earth has been around for about four and a half billion years. So we're sort of at the end of our life cycle here on Earth. You think about when the first dinosaurs came along about 200 million years ago. We only have about that much time left until the Earth changes into a very different kind of planet, a desert world, basically. A lot of people talk about how the sun is going to die in like four billion years, and that's true. But in fact, the Earth is probably going to die sooner than that because of this heating from the sun. There's not much we can do about that, but there may be other places we can move in the solar system. As the sun gets hotter and hotter, well, I mean, Mars is very cold right now, and there's a lot of water frozen under the soil. It's possible that when the sun heats up, the ice caps will melt, the frozen water will melt, and maybe Mars will have more water on the surface than it does now. Or we could move farther out into the solar system. There are moons around the giant planets like Jupiter and Saturn that might actually be possible to colonize and put people on in the very, very distant future. But the amazing thing, and why your question is really such a wonderful one, is that everything changes. Studying science is a study of how things are born, how they live, and eventually how they die. And even planets have a life cycle like that. Hope that helps you out, Zoe. Say hello to Mr. Anderson for me, and good luck in class. From PRX, this is Orbital Path a show about the cosmos and our place in it. I'm Michelle Foller. Support for Orbital Path is provided by the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, enhancing public understanding of science, technology, and economic performance. More at sloan.org. This episode of Orbital Path was produced by David Schulman. Our editor is Andrea Mustaine. Special thanks to John Barth and Genevieve Sponsler, back at PRX. Off for now, I'm Michelle Fowler, a little bit of Dead Stardust.